Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So I'm going to speak to you about a message called Finding Patience in the Promise. Finding Patience in the Promise. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that you're here. God, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me to bring your word to your people and help us to understand your promise, but also your process. And so, God, I ask you to move right now in our hearts, encourage us with your word, with truth, and and give us the grace that we need to keep getting back up. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. amen. Find patience in the promise. Is anybody not very patient like me in this room? Oh, man, I really struggle with patience. And unfortunately, because I struggle with it, it's caused me a lot of problems. <laughs> um, not just with my wife, but, but in various areas of, of life where I, I don't maybe want to wait until the right time, or maybe I just don't want to even acknowledge that there's a right time. I just go ahead, and then I learn there's a right time through failure. Um, but before we get into this, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, we're, we're in this season of giving out these invite cards. I really, uh, uh, through prayer, I was believing. I felt God put it in my heart that we're going to believe for 5,000 people. We're going to send an invite to. And let me tell you this. Um, by this stage, we're about a few weeks in. There's people in here coming with guilt because you know you haven't invited one person yet. <laughs> and and let, let me encourage you. What that's really done is that's give you feedback of where you're at. There's maybe, it's maybe head in the sand. I'm just scared to invite someone. That's okay. It's good to acknowledge that. It's not good to stay there. Um, there's been a few days I've missed and I've asked myself, whoa, why did I? It's more comfortable, if I'm honest, not to. Um, so, so just take the feedback and, and build on it. Right? Can, how can I? This is where I'm at. Let's go for one a week. And then let's see if I can build on that. It might take a while, but this is why we're aiming for 5,000 in this season. Because I know fine well when you start, have you ever seen a kid try to walk? Or a baby start walking, it's a crawl. And, and even the crawling process takes time. <laughs> it's like a kick, just a, the wee leg just kicks out. Doesn't know what's going on. And, and then eventually it starts to crawl, uh, the, the baby starts to crawl and then starts to get on, on his feet. And, but how many times does the fall before it can consistently walk? Uh, and I think that's the same as this. That's why it's a season. It's going to take us a season to get into a rhythm of inviting, getting over the fear, getting, finding the purpose in it, finding the reasoning behind it, and understanding that we're actually, we have authority, we carry authority, we have the ability to make a difference in people's lives and to point them to Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. So what, what else you can do is you can get on the Facebook right now and click the share button. If you would like to do that, there's no force. It's not some kind of weird sect where we're forcing you to sabotage your Facebook. I know some of you are very precious about your Facebook pages. Um, but if, if you, some of you also would say, if Phil, if you'd remind me every week, I would do it. So that's for you. Cool. Didn't tell you to play videos on Facebook now. <laughs> some of you were just, oh, he's the license. Give us the license. I'm just going to go and spend another 23 hours on Anybody working on their time on their phone, like having to like minimize it? Yeah, same here. Right, let's get straight into the scripture. So 
talking about patience and promises. So in, in Hebrews, Hebrews is a, is, a, is a book that's based on faith. So that's one side of the equation. So here it says in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1, Therefore let us move beyond elementary teaching about Christ and take forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. So at the start there, you'll notice it says, therefore letting us move beyond, moving on from elementary. That's another word for primary. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of elementary or primary is school. Primary school, elementary school. And it goes on to say, moving forward to maturity. Because we go to primary or elementary school when we're young when we're learning essentials about how to read, how to write, how to do your handwriting, how to add one plus one, and all of those things. It's a primary level. It's a start. It's beginning with knowledge and understanding. And that's really where we begin with Christ too. With Jesus on our walk, we learn about him. Somebody tells us we receive the love of God, and we're at elementary, primary level, but then it's saying we need to move on. We understand Jesus died, rose again. Okay, I got that. That's knowledge. That's head knowledge. That's, you accept it in your heart. But, but it's saying if you want, we've got to move on from just believing that one plus one equals two. We've got to move on from just believing that Christ died and rose again so that we could rise with him and have eternal life. That's good, but, but now it's time to grow. Now it's time to mature. And, you know, I, I might as well be honest with you this morning. I should be honest. Like, it should be good to be honest. <laughs> it's a good place to start, right? I'll just be honest. You know, there's some areas in my life where, as I say, I've stumbled and fell, and, and I've maybe not been patient. I've done things my own way. And I was still a primary school, to be quite honest, in my mentality. I was still immature. Can you believe that? I'm sure some of you are finding that really hard to believe that I was ever immature, and or maybe you're still, well, you're still immature. I can name you three areas you're still struggling from knowing you in this short period of time. But, but I was, an area, if relationships is probably an area that I got stuck in primary school, sort of speak, in elementary school. I, I had the knowledge, some people had taught me what a healthy relationship looked like. I kind of had an idea of what it looked like, but I didn't have the patience. Some things happened, some relational things happened in my life, and I probably just said, stuff it, I'm staying in primary school. <laughs> Less thoughts. Like, imagine, some of you have said this as adults, like, man, the kids have got it easy, haven't they? No stress, they just go and play with sandcastles and add two plus two, and, you know, their parents do half the homework for them, they've got all this help, it's all give, give, give. But, but the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, we've got to move on. And it's something to do with promises, and it's something to do with seeing fulfillment, and it's something to do with purpose. But, but if, if you want any of those things, you have to move on from primary school, and I really struggled with that in the area of relationships. I'll tell you what happened with me was I probably, some things happened, got hurt a little bit, and didn't like the pain of growing up. When I look back at the time, I just thought it was just, I was just throwing pity parties every day. And thought my way would be the best way and didn't learn, didn't grow and got stuck for years and years. And I tried every method that I thought I knew 
would potentially work. And honestly, it was decades. We're talking like we're talking 10, 15 years because of maybe an offense. I got stuck. I didn't want to really grow or mature because really what that looked like was humbling myself and waiting and trusting in some, someone else or something else other than myself. That's hard. Is anybody with me? Like, have you ever found it hard to wait? And if you're honest, the reason you find it hard to wait is because you think if I don't do something, nothing's going to happen. And in some areas and in some scenarios, that's true. I think God has called us to be proactive. I think God has called us to, uh, to put things into order. But there's a line and there's a threshold and there's a place where that also stops. And I think that's why God has called us all throughout the scripture to put him first and then rest. Keep, keep showing up in the right circles with the right mindset, with the right beliefs. That's, that's, what is the prime? He's talking about elementary school teaching. We've dealt with the things of Christ that died, rose again for us, laying of hands, the power of the gospel. We've dealt with those things. Now we've got to work them. And sometimes working the gospel, working the good news, doesn't look like you making more effort. It sometimes, makes, it sometimes looks like, actually a lot of times it looks like you're just showing up consistently and then. Have you ever seen the way a plant grows yeah, I'm all into plants and gardening these days. It's getting a bit old, isn't it? But, but I'm out looking at the plants every day, and they're, come on! And the danger that I have is I'm spraying them too, too much fertilizer. And my wife keeps, Phil, stop watering them. Stop putting, like, you're going to kill them. I'm like, come on, hurry up. I just want to, you know, I'm really just nervous that they're going to die. That the promise of them fulfilling their purpose and building a hedge around my garden and give me some privacy when I want to sunbathe. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And that's a problem. I'm not happy with the failure, the idea of failure. But, but if I'm too possessive and too forceful, I can actually fulfill my fear myself. When sometimes God has actually called us right, plant it, dig it, prepare it, do the preparation work and leave it. Same as Apollo, Apollo, Apollo and Paul, they talked about how, how to grow. One, one watered and the other one planted and, and then God grew. God was the, the grower. And that's the same for our lives. But so often because of our lack of patience, my lack of patience, we sabotage the promise. We sabotage your, our purpose. We sabotage the fulfillment of a dream. Because we keep fertilizing the plant. We keep watering it. We keep, we, we keep overwhelming people in our lives, trying to make them love us back. When if we could first understand that, listen, there's a seed and there's a, a promise with the seed. And if you just follow the way that has been led out for you, and it's all over nature, the, all these examples, and then let go. And trust in the promise and believe in the promise, then you'll actually have patience because you'll believe even when it looks unlikely, even when it looks dead, there's something happening behind the scenes. There's something happening at the root system. There's something happening beyond what you can see on the surface. There's water moving up the stem and you can't see it and you've got to trust. But we've got to move past primary. 
We've got to move past just the idea or the understanding or the teaching. Some, there's so many people that we, we, we've been to church for so long and we know and we understand, but we don't do. We don't practice. We just stay in primary school. And I'd done that for years and I got nowhere. I always this dream you know, of, of, of meeting a lovely woman um, who cooked beautiful meals. <laughs> she does. And, and, you know, just having a companion for life, all that kind of stuff. And I was getting nowhere. I was like spinning the wheels. I was getting up like a kid and falling and tripping and, and getting up. And I kind of stayed in that place for too long. And it didn't do me or anyone else any good. It was actually just repetitive and, and boring and painful until I came to the stage where I decided to look, instead of looking to all the problems outside of me, I started to look at the problems inside of me. Instead of st- blaming other people for where I was at and how I was spinning the wheels, I started to say, right, Phil, it doesn't matter. Even if people did do you wrong, it doesn't matter. Because if you're a seed and God has put potential and purpose and promises in you, it isn't dictated by other people. It's dictated by God. And so if you get on this journey, Phil, with God, there's no man, there's no person that can stop God from fulfilling his purpose in your life, and the same applies for you. So what if we got our eyes off of other people, off of trying to quick up the process that has been put on the earth before we even existed, before we had a hair on our head, that God ordained, and we surrendered to his process and his ways, and we got out of primary school and went to junior high. Is that a good idea? Is anybody with me? So it goes on to say in verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So you can have faith. What is faith? Belief. Confidence. I'm confident that God's going to move. I'll be honest. I was confident that God was going to provide for me. He was going to move, but I didn't see the promise come to pass because I didn't have patience. And, and, and so, so often we hear the word patience and we think that looks like lying on the sofa, lazy. What does it say? Do not be lazy. Because sometimes our idea of patience is to lie on the sofa and wait. But like I spoke about last week, actually God's version of patience is to be like a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant. You're actively waiting. You're actively preparing. You're doing everything that you can. You're getting, you're getting better. I'm, I'm becoming the one, not looking for the one, I'm becoming the one. So that when someone finds me, my heart is ready. When someone finds me, my heart is more pure than it was. So when someone finds me, I'm, I'm, I'm further along the road of maturity and being selfless and willing to serve someone else rather than me having this expectation or, or idea that sets me up for failure. I, honestly, I think the biggest failure that I had was my beliefs and expectations. Some of us have been to church and you've been let down, but really the reason you were let down wasn't because of the people being dysfunctional, because that's normal, by the way. People in church are dysfunctional. Past, pastors and me on the stage, I'm dysfunctional in a few ways. Sin, this thing, sin, we're battling with. 
And so if you come in with an expectation of perfection, you're going to be so disappointed. You're going to want to give up. You're not going to see the promises of God come to pass in your life because they're attached to the local church. You're not going to see, uh, you're not going to feel feelings of encouragement because nothing ever attains the level of your expectation. But if you have a, a, a healthy expectation, then you're not surprised when people in life let you down. You're not surprised when you mess up and you have to get back to the drawing board. And, and so I had to realize, whoa, you stop expecting more of other people and less of yourself. It's time to raise your game. It's time to get out of primary and start growing in experience. Not just theory, not just ideas, in experience. It's through faith and patience. See, patience, that patience part is active. It's, it's actually an action. It's not passive. It's not lying on a sofa waiting it's active, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm preparing, I'm ready. So that when the time comes, I'm prepared for battle, I'm prepared for war, I'm ready to overcome. It's not a surprise. When game day comes, I've been to training time. and See, training isn't the game, it isn't the Saturday, it isn't the cup final. But, but if you wait until the cup final before you start to get active, it's too late. You're going to lose because you're not ready. You're not mature enough. Your body's not hasn't acquired to the level of fitness that you're going to need to get through the 90 minutes or whatever that may be. Preparation out of primary, moving past primary. But patience is found in the promise. So before we started this church, Honestly, I wasn't where I expected myself to be. I thought, right, always envisioned by faith that I'll be married, maybe a few kids, and, and that's what everyone else does, right, uh, in my world. And then we'll plant the church, and it'll be amazing, and everything will be easy, and there'll be no such thing as COVID. And <laughs> certainly didn't envision masks, um, not being able to see people's face or anything like that. But, but, but you know, I had this expectation and I arrived, and I'd come to the stage in my life where I'd like, God, I gave up. That was the best decision I made. I just gave up trying. You know, I love that our church reaches both Catholics, Protestants, people from all kinds of backgrounds. And I was like, maybe I just need to go with the priestly flow and way of doing things and just not get married. But I remember praying, saying, God, this is my heart. This is my I would love to have a partner and, and do life with somebody, but I give up. I've tried for too long and it hasn't worked. Uh, and I just say, God, I don't know what you want to do. And I got this sense of, of God put in my heart that, God, I feel I'm going to provide for you as you go. But you have to start first. You actually, you actually have to step out first in faith. And then you've got to be patient. And the patience didn't look like me sitting around on a seat just waiting for everything to work out. It, it, it looked like me grinding, getting up on a stepladder, getting up on um, that roof and spraying it black because it was that ugly. I needed to block it out. It, it, that's why it's dark in here, by the way. It looks pretty because we distract you with the lights. So never turn the lights on, guys, at the back. Never do it. 
<laughs> a few more tricks I can't tell you. Um, but, but it looked like me having faith and then acting that out by just getting on with what God had, called me, what God had put in my hand and waiting. And not just waiting, but waiting well. Not, not messing about anywhere else with any other people, if you understand. Which I had maybe done in the past. Thinking it was like a short-term kind of fulfillment. Just getting the buzz off it, meeting different people. And didn't work time and time and time and time and time again for years. I just gave up. I, and I graduated from primary school. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> um, and I just surrendered and it caused me to be properly patient in, or, in orderly form and, and true faith looked like me not doing my own thing and not falling into temptation and not trying to create a shortcut because I'd done it so I just give up it's the best thing I've done some of you need to give up on some of your expectations and in some of your processes and in some of your ways and some of your thinking, some of you need to give up some of those habits that just don't bear fruit. And you know it, but it's comfortable. But if you want promises, you're going to need patience. And if you, if you want patience, a pro, you're going to need some promises. Because my patience was actually found in the promise that God would provide for me if I'd done things His way. And I fulfilled the mission and whatever he had put on my heart, I just stayed in line. I'd watched my friends do this right before me and they had moved way on in this area 10 years ahead in some ways. But because they were patient through university, they were patient. I maybe wasn't, if you understand. I maybe got a bit excited, but lots of people. And at the end of the day, I planted the wrong seeds, and it didn't bear fruit. Just held me back. But thank God we, we serve a God of second chances and third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. He doesn't get, actually God's promises are irrevocable. God's calling on our lives. Are, what does that mean? We can't mess it up. The only thing we can do is give up. But God will never give up on humanity. We talked about Barabbas a few weeks ago. God's, here's the problem with God's favor. It's not fair. Maybe some people come in and, you know, what do you do if a, someone who's an ex-murderer comes into your church? What do you do? Your natural mind would say, that's not fair. They shouldn't get a, ch- a, ch- a second chance. But, but that's the gospel. It's not fair. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of of God's glory. So it's hard, hard to get that. Sometimes it's hard to even forgive ourselves because we think in a natural way of, if I do good, I get good. But God actually went a step further. He says, even when you do bad, I'll still do good. Even when you're unfaithful, I'm still faithful. Before you even love me back, even though you may never love me back, I, I'm still choosing to love you. That's one of the hardest things to do. It's supernatural. It's not a natural occurrence, but we can possess that capacity and that ability and that grace, but it isn't through religion. It's not through just ritual. It's not just through trying to understand everything. It's through surrendering to the goodness of God. I'm so, I'm so glad for that kind of grace because that kind of grace allowed me to get things right. 
it allowed me to get back to my feet. It allowed me something that I didn't deserve, but God gave it anyhow. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, the Bible says. But patience is an action. Patience is an action. It says in verse 13 to 15, it says, when God made his promises to Abraham, some of you knew the story of Abraham, he didn't have a child, you know, had this promise, but he didn't have the child to fulfill the promise, so he actually done what a lot of us do, he went ahead and done things his own way. And all it done was give him heartache, but God didn't give up on his promise. God was faithful to his promise, even though he sinned, even though he failed. And God fulfilled his promise when he got Abraham's attention again. And, he, and what was the lesson? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. So where is it in your life that you have stopped waiting patiently? Or you need to start waiting patiently. What does that mean? It means actively doing the right thing. Getting on with purpose. Getting on with mission. Getting on with what God has called you to do. Getting on with, with um, loving the way God has called you to love. With your family, with your friends, with your work colleagues. Getting on with that. Knowing that God is working behind the scenes. And he will fulfill your promise in his time. That's what truly waiting in patience looks like. It means continuing to be committed to the things of God, even though there's that fear in the background, even though there's that what if in the midst. See, the problem with, with, with patience is this. The start is easy because the start is when you get a vision and you get excited and the idea, the image, the, the imagery of, of, of this dream coming to pass or, or the, this idea fulfilling itself is exciting. You don't need patience for that point. And then at the end, when it happens, you know, this class, this is, I'm really enjoying, I can't believe this happened. You're kind of wowed for maybe a week or two or whatever it is. The problem is in the middle. Because in the middle is, is the longest period of time. Significantly the longest period of time. And so that's where you hear the, what if? If I don't do something, it's not going to happen. That's where you hear that voice. Or, or I've it's never, I'm, I'm not, God's, never, God's forgot about me. Or, or you start looking at other people and they're way ahead of you. And, and you, you start running a race against people instead of running your own race. And then you sabotage the promise. And the promise can't happen because it only happens, you can only inherit the promise through faith and patience. Some of us have faith, but we don't have the patience, so we don't see the promise. And so what does it say here? It says he sw swore by himself. And we're not talking about the kind of bad swearing. He, it was a swear when they kind of said, listen, I really believe this will happen. I swear. Anyone ever done that with your friends? Like you maybe seen something on TV or you maybe seen someone walk. Did you see that? I'm telling you, came into school the next day and you, I seen someone walking down the street doing something crazy. Now I swear, I'm telling you, this is what he was doing. He was, he was absolutely nuts. I swear, I swear on my dad's life. <laughs> you ever done that? I swear, on my, what, are, what are you really saying? You're saying, 
You're saying, like, I'm so serious about this. I'm not lying. I promise. I swore my dad's life, meaning I put my, my dad's life on the line that if I'm wrong, he would lose his life. That's a pretty serious deal. <laughs> but extreme, right? Eh? Just for, to tell a wee story. But, <laughs> what are, extremists. But I used to do, you know, I used to do it with my friends. I swear, I swear, my, my mom's life, I promise you, it happened. It's nearly as if God sent Abraham, I swear. I'm going to give you the sentence, I swear. I swear on myself, there's no one greater than me. This is God speaking. What, what if, what if right now, it, it says in verse 16, people swear by someone greater than themselves and an oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all arguments. What is the argument you're having with yourself today or last week or the last year in this waiting period? What is the arguments you're... Can we put, it, can we put an end to it today? There's promises on the line. And, and we need to... Someone needs to give you a promise. And then you swear about, well, what if God was saying to you right now, I swear that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What if God was saying that to you right now? And you think of all those lonely times and periods where you felt isolated and just, just want to give up. What if God was saying, I swear I'll never leave you. I swear I haven't forgot about you. I swear... My grace is greater than the sin that you participated in and caused destruction and all kinds of hurt. I swear I'm bigger than that. I swear to you. What if God was saying that to you? What if he said, I swear there's a plan for your life. I know you don't believe it. I I, I know you're finding it hard to receive it. I I know you've heard all these comments throughout your childhood and And it just doesn't line up with that thought that God would have a plan and a purpose for you. But what if God was saying right now, like he said to Abraham, I swear by myself, I swear. What if God was to say, I swear that eternity is in my hands. You think this earth, you're just living for this 20, 30, 60, 70 years on earth. But what if God was saying right now to you, I swear eternity is in my hands and it's in my hands and there's life and death in my hands and I swear that's why I sent Jesus to the cross because I I swear it makes a difference in your life I swear it makes a difference to eternity I swear it will bring life forever if you could just believe me right now what if God was whispering that to your heart I swear, I swear I swear I swear there's more for you on this earth than you're experiencing currently. I swear there's a promise at the end of the patience. I swear to you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I swear you've been beating yourself up and looking at yourself in the mirror and you've been saying the opposite, but God's saying to you right now, I swear I made you. Every hair on your head is counted. I swear to you. I swear. I swear that I love you enough to send my son. I swear. I swear that you can walk out of this room a changed man or woman 
If you believe me at my word, I swear what if God was saying this to you right this moment, I swear that you can, you can actually become a brand new creation. You just have to accept the free gift that I've laid out for you. It's, it's that simple. Come on, let's, let's stand. I'm going to respond right now with some worship. And I'm telling you, I, I truly believe if you receive what God has promised, first and foremost, we've got to start at that primary level and we've got to receive salvation through the cross that Jesus died on. Because God said today, I swear that I can save you. I can put your feet under solid rock, a cornerstone that is immovable, and that no weapon that is formed to hurt you, to kill you, to cause you to give up any thought, any idea that is evil. He's saying, I swear I can wipe it clean. The Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, I swear to you, God's saying, it can be gone in a moment if you just pray to me and believe in your heart. So let's go ahead and pray right now. Some people online in this room, it's maybe time to repent. It's maybe time to start fresh. It's maybe time to return. Or maybe it's time just for the first time ever to say, I'm going to trust in Jesus. I don't understand it all. That's normal. But there's a conviction in my heart. There's something right about this. I don't know if some of you heard the, the Stephen Nolan show during the week. And it was funny. One thing he suggested was like, listen, I don't know about all that stuff. But, but one thing I do know is there's a hole in my heart. I've got a lot of stuff that this world offers, but there's still a hole in my heart and I'm aware of it. And listen, that is understanding that there's something that only God, the creator, that can fill in you. That's right here. So church, come on, let's help those people say this prayer along, out loud, and follow after me. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died and rose again so that I could be saved and set free. I'm a brand new creation in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Have you head bowed and I close? Have you said that for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time online, in person? Just go ahead and acknowledge that in your heart. Even go ahead and raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray for you if that's you. Let someone know online. Contact us via Facebook, Instagram, or, or email. And we'd love to give you a starter pack. That's a Bible and a few different bits and pieces just to get you started. God, we just pray and thank you for each and every person that has said yes to you and every, everyone else that's on a journey. I pray and thank you that through faith and patience, we will see promises come to pass. Don't have to panic. Don't have to worry. We're going to get on with what you've put in our hands, fulfilling the purpose and the mission that you have for us. God, we're going to see life and life, lives changed. We thank you that you've, you love us. And we thank you that you never give up on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. 
Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariad Church podcast.